Greetings, listeners. This is Termination Shock. And we're on. Hi, I'm Jose Garcia. I'm Lachlan Sudarshan. And I'm Greg Stolze, and this is another exciting playtest of Termination Shock. All right, which one of you guys wants to go over what happened last time? I think I did it last week. Jose, do you want to do it this week? Yeah, I'll take a crack at it. Okay, sure, go ahead. All right, so last time we opened up, we were we are on the ship... Uh, I believe it's called the Killing Point of Perfect Affection? Perfect Love. Oh, Perfect Love. All right. The Killing Point of Perfect Love, where we, uh, of course, being uh, my character, uh, Stanley Burroughs, and uh, Lachlan's character, Henry Burroughs, we're on our way to the Termination Shock, which is the point outside the solar system. We were rescued uh, by a, uh, a, a, group, a coalition of aliens after a deadly AI attack. So we cut to now. The aliens are learning that keeping a whole bunch of humans is a bit of a logistic nightmare. We're all in a giant room. We all have to spread out on it. And there are thieves everywhere. Henry had to deal with uh, a, a thief, a little girl with a strange... Uh, very beefy arm and after we settled that uh we uh my character stanley also had to deal with the fact that the ship that he piloted uh the last session for the previous before session maybe was kind of technically sort of maybe stolen in a bit of a property mix-up and he had to settle that and we both got uh taken out of the room when it turned out that there is a spy amongst all of our little refugee band that are sending messages to Earth. And luckily, the two of us were able to come up with a solution, which involved looking for fingerprints on the radio, uh, on the radio system. And, there, and by doing so, we're able to at least help improve the lives of the refugees a little bit by coming up with a fingerprinting identification system and as the aliens start to learn how to treat us all a little bit better, we finally get past the termination shock, and then we learn uh, that all of their tech and all of their translation uh, machinery now works way, way, way better. And suddenly a lot of our linguistic problems are carried away just in time for whatever possible intrigue awaits us in this session. There it is. So the humans have been... Uh, Living, you've been confined to this one large stadium-sized room where you've been locked in because they don't want whoever the spy is to get out and uh, continue sending messages to Earth. So you are in there when you remember. Do you remember the shoebox that crushed a ship? Yes. Yes. You see that, you know, the doors to the outside open, and there is a little squad of... They, they now have a, a, a process that they use when they open the door to you guys, where they have a group of Preds in the front, and then a couple of the big sleeve creatures in back. So, 
the Preds drive back anyone who might try to rush the door, and the sleeves block the space physically. But mm. floating above is this metal shoebox. You, you're you not sure it's the same one that you saw junk a battleship single-handedly, but it's floating, and it's a box of metal. Floats it. Flies up so that it's in the center of the room and begins broadcasting uh, on a speaker. And it says, Greetings, humankind. One of you has given me the name Shoebox, which I understand refers to an enclosure for other enclosures that go on your feet to protect them, and that this is mostly just a reference to my size and shape. But what I actually am is a sort of thinking appliance, uh, an easer of the way. And I have been studying to the best of my ability the records that you brought with you, the cultural documents, the the scanned-in books and the records and the movies and the stories, in order to attempt to build a framework of human culture and language that we can use to translate between ourselves and you. I'm speaking to you in English because that is the language that most of you, that that is shared by the largest number of you. It's not the primary, it's not primary language to most people, but most people speak it at least a little bit. We are working on translation algorithms for Hindi, Chinese, Spanish, uh, and English as well. We got an earlier start on Hindi as the first human to whom we had exposure spoke that language, but you have each been issued a device that should be capable of translating your language into something we can at least partially understand. These devices that were given out to you, the closest word we've found for them in your languages is Ansible. They are a sort of faster-than-light cell phone. To understand the importance of the Ansible, it's important to understand subwaves, which are a technology that I understand the humans of Earth and the AIs used, but which you on Mars were denied. Is that correct? And yeah, like you that guys, everyone kind of lumbers. I, I think we would be able to answer this in character, out of character. I, I don't think that we've discussed it. It's in it's in the introductory Do document have, that you know, no Martians were not allowed to experiment with subwaves. It's different. Okay, comes up with politics every now and then, but so it's like you know, yeah, it's not wrong. Okay, so he continues to say that. Your solar system is unusual. Um, Subwaves don't actually rotate literally, but it's a useful metaphor to understand why ansibles don't work inside your solar system. 
your solar system and a, a small number of others like it have subwaves that can be described as rotating counterclockwise. And in this fashion, they can be used for extremely high bandwidth, short distance communication. This is how your AIs and Xs are able to use subwaves for personal mind enhancement. But outside of your solar system, beyond its termination shock, most of the universe has subwaves that rotate clockwise, metaphorically speaking. And in this way, you get a much lower bandwidth, but a much, much greater range. In practical terms, it is infinite. Once you develop subwave technology, you can communicate with anyone in the rest of the cosmos, unless you are trapped within one of those bubbles of counterclockwise waveforms, such as your own native termination shock. This means that the AIs and the Xs are unable to leave your solar system without sacrificing their enhanced intellects. Given the degree of integration of subwave technologies into the minds we've examined, they would not be able to survive without them. So the good news is, they are not going to be able to follow you. Oh. That is good news. It's assuming they know that, which um, I assume that they do. Right? Could they surely must have figured it out by now. I'm, yeah, I mean, if, if they have these things in place, then I'm sure that they would, uh, they would experiment or they would be able to extrapolate and be like, okay, well, we can't go beyond these bounds. So that's good news. Your ansibles are tremendous opportunities for education and the communication of culture. Uh, they are now active since we have passed the termination shock. We will attempt, we will do our best to get them to adapt to you. They were all donated by uh, generous members of assorted species who exist at roughly the same scale and sensory parameters that you do. The fact that we've had to keep you contained for everyone's safety is, I'm sure, limiting uh, the the degree to which we can help you with these, but we are rest assured that we are trying our best to maintain a proper environment for you and that we will try and help you to get your Ansibles functioning so that you can join the larger cosmic community. We should be arriving at our destination in about three days' time as you judge them uh, in your your 24-hour Earth days. In that time, please relax. uh, Try to avail yourselves of the educational and training opportunities that your Ansibles provide and know that we wish you only the best. I will now take questions. Okay. So let's let's think. Someone um, yells out something in a language you don't speak, and it responds in the same language. 
you now notice that the people around you are holding their ansibles and that the voice of the box has been coming out of them translated. Oh, okay, cool. So uh, I learned the word ansible today. Um, anyway, I think probably the first thing we should ask is what exactly um, joining the the galactic um, society entails. Like, what do we have to do? Yeah. You know? Like, I, they, I assume that it's going to be, like, joining the UN or something, but, like, what what does it entail? Like, what kind of stuff do we have to do? Do we have to get shots, et cetera? Are you going to ask if you need to get shots and get inoculated? Well, not, not do we need to get shots, but, like, you know, what, what does it entail? And then he'll tell us what it does. We probably will have to get shots, though. I mean, that's a, that's a not ridiculous thing. Like, if you have to – if you travel to Mozambique or something, you get shots. I'm sure that if you travel to another – goddamn solar system you need to get shots uh so okay so if you ask about so, that he expl- it it explains that you are unlikely to face microbial or viral threats in uh, outside your own solar system unless they are expressly made to mess with humans which seems unlikely why would anyone have any motivation to create a biologically tailored plague against you unless you offended them somehow, which he's sure you won't. He, he has far too much faith in us. Um, well, I mean, maybe the AIs or the uh, Earth peoples will launch something out after us since they can't pursue us beyond the termination shock. Anyway, so um, what exactly is it that uh, joining this federation, this group, entails from us. Are there classes we need to take? Um, are there uh, things that we need to do to prove ourselves? Um, are there dues that need to be paid? Uh, what's the difference between someone who is a member and isn't one? You humans are extremely group-oriented, which is somewhat unusual among races that develop sapiens. Uh, it's certainly not unheard of, but you are social to an unusual degree and submit yourselves to governments and corporations and social organizations. There is no overarching government in outside of the individual ones that specific species or specific geographical locations or planets have imposed in order to organize space or resources. As a general rule, there's enough space and enough resources for people to do as they wish with relatively limited conflict. You can do what you want. You can build the sort of life that you wish to have. You can pursue uh, a labor or a form of artistry that fulfills you. You won't have to worry about starving or freezing to death, by and large, unless you place yourself into a hazardous situation, which, it should be admitted, many individuals do in pursuit of their philosophical or acquisitional goals. Interesting. Okay. 
I'm trying to think of a of a of a graceful way to be like, okay, so what's the catch, bro? What do you want from us? Um, what do you think, uh, Stanley? Might as well be blunt with it. Okay, yeah, sure. It's All an right, AI you, you go or, for it. Maybe not an AI. It's an AI. Why do you assume that? <laughs> I assume that there's like a little guy in there, like in Men in Black. Oh, that, could, that also could. Yeah, that also could be true. I suppose. I mean, look, every AI. life form doesn't have to exist on like a human scale. You know, maybe he's a little guy. Maybe there's a whole bunch of guys in there. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I could be down for that. But either way, I think. I think. I feel like with the way with the way they've been talking, I think they're kind. Of, they're probably expecting some kind of bluntness. We should. Yeah, probably you're probably learn, right. We should probably learn about the downsides of, of our new society. My, my guy thinking like I gotta avoid offending people and shit. Uh, mm. The contributions. The contributions we expect from the life forms of soul is less likely to be anything that you particularly do. And more a matter of what you are. We find that we explore the cosmos. We find life. <laughs> Nearly every form of life that we find has something interesting or beautiful or useful about it. We will certainly find many beautiful, interesting, useful things about humanity in your culture or your biology or the way you organize yourselves or your language. Don't worry about doing things that make humanity worthwhile. We consider every individual unique life form worthwhile in and of itself, as long as they're not threatening. Having okay, now we're getting someplace. Having what? left your solar system before developing Ansible communications, you are much more technologically primitive than many of the species you will encounter. But we don't anticipate that being that great of a hurdle as your, culture, your unique cultural sensibilities and art forms should provide you with a position in society uh, where you can be respected. There's a there's kind of a moment where Stan where uh, you know where Stanley whispers over to Henry, we can introduce them to karaoke. We can, we can be the karaoke stars of a new galaxy. That sounds great. That's a super idea. <laughs> so a few more people ask a few more not very intelligent questions. Eventually, the shoebox leaves. Is there anything you want to say to... Are you going to try and get out? You guys um, have the the people who have the rare privilege of leaving the, the stadium. There's you and your dad. Your dad doesn't want to leave because he is stubbornly babysitting <laughs> your junk, uh, your spider eggs and woven goods. Jeanette is permitted to leave. They know she's not a spy. Um, the crew... Actually, Ben is still under suspicion, and that suspicion then extends to the crew of the Zulu princess, who are not too pleased about that. So it's mostly you guys, Jeanette, Eli, and Slew. Um, even... Uh, what was her name? Slew's- Aruna? Yeah, Aruna 
you're not sure what her situation is. That's interesting. Wasn't she the first person they contacted? Didn't we know that, or didn't she we tell us that? We or? know that, but the fact that she's under suspicion, or well, at least not not in not not cleared. You know, that's green interesting. Coded. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and she I was she told you that she was the ambassador and the most important human and the envoy to the aliens. Exactly. Right. Did you believe her? I, I'm really not sure at this point. I mean, we know that we met one of them pretty pretty soon, but, I mean, she was elsewhere, so maybe she beat us to the punch. Um, I know that Slu said not to trust her, and I think that we would probably put a bunch of stock in that. But as far as do we know if she has a reason to lie, I really have no idea. I wanted to ask the shoebox what he actually means by threatening, because I'm just like, all right, now that's that's an idea. Maybe they view in a um, innocuous things as threatening, because that's a that's a thing that happens in sci-fi sometimes. So, does he have an answer or or not? Threatening, he says. I I wouldn't concern myself with it if I were you. Your your technological level of advancement is not sufficient to even easily destroy a large spaceship. So individuals, individual humans may trouble individual preds or scavs or sleeves, but it's not going to be a social, a society-wide threat. Uh, And nothing in your culture seems to be innately toxic. Okay, so it looks like he's talking about like large scale, like nuclear things. So I, I, I'm pretty sure we're good, or whatever techni- it is that we do later. Uh, it'll technologically blindside incapable of atrocities. Okay, good stuff. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> we're in the clear. All right. Uh, so he cool. leaves. The, so, uh, are you going to follow him out? Uh, are you going to stick around with the the hoi polloi and chat with them? What are you going to do? I'd, I'd like to follow him. That sounds pretty interesting. Before we do, um, can I ask if you came up with what um, upgrades we earned last session? Oh, yeah, yeah. Always always after those. Okay. Um, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's a game. <laughs> I gotta... <laughs> <laughs> gotta get your goodies. All right. Um, Wait till you were finished. And wanna, either of you have the option of gaining another intellectual hit point. Okay. Uh, Jose, you could pick up the gold failsafe loyal. And let me look up what that does. Um, if If you fail at something and it results in an ally taking exhaustion, you could then take as much of the exhaustion damage as you wanted. Hmm. And let's see, Lachlan, for Mm -hmm. you, it was the blue failsafe mellow, where... If you take damage to your social hit points, that damage is... De- if you take exhaustion damage to your social hit points, it's decreased by two. Wow. Is there a minimum, or is it that capped at zero or one? Uh, it would be capped at zero. Decreased by two, min zero. That sounds really exciting. I'm going to take that one. Okay. And I think I'll take loyal. Okay, well, let me so pop that like down on my sheet here. You now have three... Blue failsafes. Wow, I should stop offering you those. Why, though? Well, because you're... Uh, Why are we running out of stuff? No, no, but just that 
it's going to produce an unbalanced and suboptimal character. Ah, I see. If all your best stuff is are things that kick in when you fail and your smallest die is the lowest die, you know, I should offer you some other colors of fail-safes or... Uh, Oh, yeah, sure, that sounds good. Whereas Jose's got exploits across the board, and you've only got the one. But you've also got, uh, you know, a red failsafe. Now three blue failsafes, so I'll try and find you a gold failsafe, and we'll turn you into C-3PO, the character (laughs) who never... Did you... Was that in the thing I wrote you about, uh, you know, how you can... Okay, so... In for yeah. for those listening at home, uh, failsafes are rules tweaks that kick in when you fail in a particular way and that make the failure less bad. And the example I gave of a character from fiction who had a ton of failsafes was C three PO, who never achieves anything really impressive or rarely does but also never has anything terribly bad happen to him and how even when he gets knocked into pieces, he's largely functional. So, all right. One mellow and... Jose, which one did you take? I took loyal. And that is gold? Yes. Got another... And so that's your second gold failsafe. All right. Okay, so I should probably... Yeah, we'll yeah, we'll spread them out if our yeah. options are yes. um, spread out next time. It's really like loyal. I just really like that effect. It's a good effect. A very good effect. It's the bodyguard effect. All right. Mm-hmm. So you are following uh, shoebox out, but because sure. you are stuck walking on two dimensions and he can just float away. He gets away from you pretty quick, but one of the guards, one of the preds at the the front there, says, Attention! Attention! Co-eggs! Attention! And you I assume we're co-eggs, so let's listen to him. You recognize it as Hotspur. Oh, great. Oh! So it, it is kind of trundling off to one side, gesturing for you to come with it using its horseshoe appendage on its back and says co-eggs do you want to learn how to fire weapons desire to know more intensifies sure certainly wouldn't hurt i mean we're we're in a stage where we need that kind of thing now that we are back in communication I can set you up to become trained. Okay, sounds good. Let me see your ansibles, please. Sure, I'll give him my uh, my Taurus. And I'll get the Band of Black Sphere. And he is manipulating them with his, with his mouth parts, which, I don't know... Ha- how okay with that are you guys? You've seen that this the the mouth parts, the sort of mouth fingers are a primary manipulation and communication digit for these species, but are you okay with that? Or is you going to want to write this down afterwards. Since I'm a medical personnel, I know that his uh, chelicerae are just as filthy as human hands. So, <laughs> uh, one, we're wearing gloves anyway, since we're wearing our, our stone suits. So I really don't care. I might give it a, a discreet wipe down later, but I'm not going to do it in front of him. Be kind of an asshole move. 
Stanley Stanley gives a nice, polite smile that happens, and then thinks at the back of the head, "I have to wash this. I have to wash this." You gotta. It's got to be clean. So he pushes them back with the little horseshoe appendage and says, "There, I have set a rendezvous time to take you." to a gun practice location, your devices should lead you there, and then I can get you further opportunities. And looking at it, it cool, looks cool. like it looks like there's a calendar app, and so tomorrow morning, quote unquote, the calendar app is converting everything into human time, which is basically based on Earth months, weeks, and years, and hours. Uh, just to keep things simpler for you, and more especially simpler for your GM. So, in about 12 hours, he's expecting you uh, a couple levels up. Alright. Alright, that sounds good. I'm glad that we're staying on 24-hour time, because that'll make things a lot easier for all of us. You know, Stanley uh, gingerly uh, touches the... Uh, the Vantaflax beer, you know, kind of, you know, keeping it as light as you can, and just says, thank you very much, Hotspur. When you touch it, mm-hmm. it lights up, and this shaft of bluish-white light extends up, out the top of it. It's kind of dim. It's a little bit like a flashlight beam in the dark, and you hear this voice come out of it. Hello, I'm so pleased to have entered your service. Uh, oh, oh, hello. Hello there. Can you give me a name, owner? Oh, you want you want you want me to name you. Oh. Hmm. All right. Let's see. Let's think of a good name. Hmm. Yeah, Lockwood, would you have any suggestions? Let's see for your Vanta Black Sphere. Um it's a good, like, sphere type thing. Yeah. You could just go with Black Sphere. You could. You could. You could. You know what? We could go with that. Sure. Uh, and then, well, we could go with that, but I think Stanley would go, I think I'll name you Charles. Charming. Charles. What is a Charles? Well, that is that is the name of a, of a person. Uh... We sometimes we name people uh, various kinds of names, and one of them just happens to be Charles. That would be, in this case, you. What a delightful name! You should understand that I am not, in any true sense, a person. I am able to mimic consciousness, but I do not possess true self, will, or volition. Well, many people on the planet can say the same. <laughs> All right. Um, as you start, so are you going to start fooling around with the gold Taurus? Sure. All right. As you twist it, again, the uh, the kind of cone of light pops out the top, and it says, how would you like to identify yourself to this communications unit? It's just written uh, there call, in English. You may call me Henry. How will I determine Henry from non-Henry? Uh, can you see me? Can you hear me? I can 
Yes. Yes, I can. Either or both of those factors is probably sufficient. Understood. Okay. And now that you can, now that it has been translating stuff into English, you can tell that a lot of those apps, Mm -hmm. uh, those little symbols, it looks like it's structural models of pred body parts. Oh, okay. So this has a medical thing. It has a medical, it's got a medical database uh, and a bunch of pred medical reference works. So apparently whoever owned this before was a pred MD who didn't scrub their, um, scrub their hard drive. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that'll save me a lot of time in case I need to, uh, help out in the med bay again. Great. So yeah, it's got all kinds of fascinating stuff. So if you, you now have an excuse for why you've got that, uh, what is it? Xenomedic. Yep, Xenomedic for them. Um, yeah, and if you pick a couple others, then yeah, we can just say those were in there too. Okay, that so sounds there's, great. There's a couple different medical databases. Tool around in there, depending on how many other, other guys we see. Who else needs treatment and such? All right. Um, when, uh, where are you guys headed? I mean, there's not. You could go check in on the goose, but it's still going to be as wrecked as it always was. You could go look up Fisher, but he's probably got stuff going on. You could go back in, see what your friends are up to. What you going to do? I think, I think just just for peace of mind, Stanley's going to go look in on the goose. You know, just to make sure. I mean, it's not like it could get worse, or not necessarily better either. But you know. Make sure to see that it's there in one piece. You'll, you'll like sit next to it in the garage and like read read a book to it and like sleep <laughs> in two chairs propped up next to each other. Sure. Like rest your hand on like its fuselage as it's repaired. There, there. No tears, only dreams now. <laughs> is uh, is Henry going with Stanley? Yeah, sure. Well, when you get there, you find that Jeanette is there with she had. What was her ansible? Was it like a green cube or it something? It was a turquoise cube, is right. what I have in my notes. So she's got that, and you can see a beam coming out of it, and she's shining that on all the damage. And then pulling up these 3D models of the damaged components and kind of wiping at them. Oh, and cool. then sighing and redoing it. And she's obviously just getting used to how this works, but she's frowning and she says, oh, hey there, Burroughs. How's it going? Uh, hi. Hello. Looks like your spirits have improved. Well, lying around being sick was not very entertaining, and uh, you know Smooth? Yes. The, the, who treated me? Well, apparently, because I'm above suspicion for this whole spy gig... They've offered to give me a leg up on training in what they call matter factoring. You know the machine that makes the eggs and the apples and the, yes, the yeah. matter printers. So apparently those are pretty versatile. And they're trying to teach me how to design templates to get matter printed. And so oh, the first thing 
I thought I'd work on is getting replacement parts for the goose. Oh, but, wonderful. Yeah, scanning... Well, and she kind of looks at you and shrugs and says, well, you did, you know, save my life and everything. So I thought I... Of course, yes, I did. Yes, I I did, in fact, save your life. That is what I did. (laughs) She kind of narrows her eyes at you and says, so yeah, I figured if anyone deserves to have a working ship. Um, It's not easy, though. It's... You got a 3D model, everything penetrative throughout. This gadget is pretty pretty slick at scanning, but it's not as good as some other scanners you can get. But to get those, I'd have to learn how to print them out. And to print them out, I'd have to learn what kind of scanner to get. It's it's kind of a chicken and egg situation. It's like you can ask for anything if you know how to ask and to find out how to ask, you just have to know how to ask. You know? It's a catch-22. Right, right. But I'm working on it. I'm working on it. How are you guys go- doing? Have you? Do you have any idea who might have put that radio in the bay? I... No, I'm afraid I couldn't. We... It's, it's, it's such a... It's a conundrum to me, because after, like... Who would want? Who would want to contact Earth? To be perfectly honest, after all this, I'm not saying that it's. I'm not saying that our alien rescuers, I suppose, are perfect. But what have the Earthlings ever done for us? Well, they are us. I mean, some people maybe still had relatives back there, or maybe that- someone was being coerced, or was just had bad judgment. I mean, true, true. It is I hard to it, it is hard to imagine a a motive though. Hmm. Although I did know some people who and I haven't seen them here on the the killing blade or whatever this thing is called. She kind of looks around. She's like, "But I did know people back on Mars who what they wanted more than anything else in the world was to become exhuman because they believed it would let them live forever. They were. And, I mean, there were people who were trying to. Yeah, that there were always rumors about black market identity papers for Venus, so that you could go there, claim to be from Venus, and get, you know, get the subwaves. But. Hmm. So that's a possible motivation. You're saying that they would have uh, sent communiques to Earth under the impression that they would be uh, uplifted in this way. Right. Well, I mean, what else do they... Uh, well, well, but the Earthlings could promise them anything, right? Have you... Uh, did you ever see those... You must have seen those creepy videos of the Earthlings where you, you watch them and they're just so amazing and impressive and you just... You just want them to approve of you. You've seen that, right? Yes, oh, I, of course. Yes, of course I have. So, and I didn't even watch them that much. I mean, I kind of was able to tear myself away, but, I mean, there's there were people who watched that stuff all the time. So that could be it. They could just be, you know, brainwashed. I suppose, I suppose that. that is fair. I... Uh, I I always, I always attribute to malice what I could attribute to coercion or 
desperation. That is fair. Misplaced loyalty, anyway. Indeed. Oof. Man, I wonder if I can... And she's, you know, smearing at it. She's like, you know, this could wind up being better than it was before. I don't know how... If if we can get the parts that were done in titanium printed in defect-free, but I, you know, there are different grades of printer, so it all depends, I suppose. So it sounds like some of these are operate on the microscopic scale, and some of these operate on the molecular scale, and some of them are atomic printers. My word. Where you could just pour gravel in the top and say, oh, print me out some gold. Gold. Beautiful gold nuggets the size of your fist. Okay. Exactly. So then we want, so then what would we prefer? Would we prefer an, an atomic, an atomic printer then? Oh, they're not going to give us one of those. They're, Fair enough. You should see them. I mean, they're huge. Maybe they've got teeny tiny ones somewhere else, but the ones they've got me training on are the simplest micro-scale ones, and it's, you know, she points at the goose, it's about that big. My I mean, well, you've, you've seen the ones that the food comes out of. True. Which are about the size of, mm, how to describe them? They're probably about the size of a shipping container. Okay. And she says, but gotcha. I don't again, I don't know how much of that is just matter containment, or how much of it is the machine that the machinery that takes matter apart? How much recombines it? It's yeah, it's. A, I guess it's a pretty exciting field, but it's wow. It's going to be hard to be an old-fashioned mechanic, you know. It's certainly a lot to take in. Mm. All right, so you chill out with Jeanette. You're pleased that. She seems to have found something to engage her mind and get her mind off of her near near gutting at the hands of the AIs. Um, when you head back to the room, the 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 enclosure where the the people room, I guess you'd call it. Uh, there's yeah. there's some grumbling and glaring, and Eli and Slew who have you know, got a little enclosure of screens are, you know, sitting there. Slew's gotten a ukulele from somewhere and is playing that uh, and frowning at it and wishing she had her sitar back. Your dad looks very tired and he says, well, you remember that little Kool-Aid colored girl with the, the purpley skin? You don't mean to tell me she came back, did she? No, but I saw her with someone else. I saw someone else with purple skin and I couldn't really talk to him uh, until I, I, although I guess I could now with uh, you know this these answerable doodads. Uh, Ansibles. That's what I said. Answerable. Yes, of course. So yeah, get, you know I haven't seen her since, but I did see that guy. Hmm. Where is he? Uh he was over. Okay, so you go out and you take a left. And you go past the guy who's got all those old anime screens set up <laughs> with, yeah, you know, the, the creepy tentacle ones. So you take a right by creepy tentacle screens, and then you go, like, five down, and that's where they've got the cook fires going all the time. 
So you take a okay. left there, and a few more down from there. That's where this the where I saw the tall purple guy. Okay. Um, did he did he speak English? I remember that the uh, the girl um, couldn't understand us. He shrugs and holds up his his ansible. Oh right. Okay. No, oh, that's uh, that's an idea. Yeah. I'm I'm curious what the deal with like their grafts or whatever it is that they're doing is because um that that's that's interesting to to my guy professionally. Well, only one way to find out, right? So. All right. So you're gonna oh, head. Yeah, we can go and talk to him. Yeah. So you head past creepy anime enclosure. Uh, when you get to, when you get to the place where they've got the cook fire going all the time, you see this woman with all these various piercings and tattoos arguing uh, and saying, "No, no coffee today. I have to preserve it." And they're like, no, "Come on, I need my coffee." And she's like, "Nope. Mm. Supplies are extremely limited." And people and you know crosses her arms and people kind of go off grumbling. And saying, you know, I want my coffee. Are you are your guys coffee drinkers? Oh, I assume we would be. I mean, it's a way to like sort of conspicuously consume. Think, it's a it's a thing where there's like a lot of ritual and stuff involved. Yeah, although I think, I think we own like a French Stanley press or something. Tea, I think, of course, you do. But he, uh, of course, he does. But he'll he'll drink coffee too. Yes. Yeah, sure. Because I mean, you, you know, there's like there's all this crap that you can buy, and you can like talk about the different kinds and pretend that you can tell the difference between them. Uh, uh, I feel like it's right up our guy's alley. Now the question yeah. is, did you drink coffee like a cup or two every day because it's because it's incredibly addictive and habit forming oh, or did you only drink it presentationally when there were other people around so that you could be a coffee sophisticate because coffee was not cheap I, mean, I think right. e because I mean one for practical concerns and two what's the point in doing it if nobody sees you do it it's like smoking an e-cigarette so you're so you were were non not daily consumers but were Social I blew consumers. my coffee trumpet in the square when I drank coffee. Yes. Okay, so probably only drinking one or two cups a week. <clears throat> I think that sounds about Not right. We could, we could do it like at our after parties after we uh, came back from the karaoke store. Like when we had people over, would be like, "Hey, let's uh, let's break out the the um, the co- what's the word the, the mocha pot." All right, so you. Do not know this woman who glares at you going by. That seems fair. And you hear people grumbling about, oh. um, she thinks she's so cool just because she has all the coffee. We should just take it. You know, I bet if we stole coffee from her, we could take it to that printer and they'd be able to make us all the coffee we could want. Well, that... Oh. That has to be why she's not selling it anymore, because she's afraid someone will do just that, and she'll lose her monopoly on it. Um, okay, well, this is this is interesting. I need to know where this goes. Yeah, Stan, uh, Stanley actually actually gets involved as, as soon as as soon as he eavesdrops stealing, or we could just ask her to bring a sample. It shouldn't be too difficult. We certainly don't need to steal in front of our uh, ever-present security. And the person you talk to says, "Excuse me, do I know you? Did, do, was I talking to you?" <laughs> no, no, you you didn't. But I would appreciate some kind of manner and decorum and on the ship. He stands up 
he's very tall. He's got those gnarly, work-hardened minor hands as he pokes you in the chest and says, I know who you are. You're the, the little do-boy for those spiky bastards. You're the one who's allowed to go out whenever you want because you told them about fingerprints and told them how to keep track of us all and label us like we're produce on a shelf. Those last three words, tap, tap, tap to your chest. And wouldn't that be exactly why you shouldn't want to cross me? And he's like, oh, I'm not scared of you, pal. You think I'm scared? You think I'm scared of you? I'm not scared of you. You just watch yourself. He's backing away. All right. We'll see. So, okay, you glare at him, and you're getting deeper into the area where you were directed to find this purple guy and you can see him uh he's standing on an upraised box talking in rapid spanish hmm. and what okay and when you said okay yeah what do you do well let's let's point our thing at him and see if it works would you like me to translate that into english boss absolutely it's, that's yours so. it, it's a little complicated and yeah, yours is is all um, the the Taurus is all text, but oh, okay. it's something about between the the in, instantaneous uh, translation of the Black Sphere of Charles the Black Sphere and the Taurus, you get that he is talking about how it is not right for us to be locked up in here. Just because they saved us from the AIs does not make them our friends. I don't see how we owe them anything when they have essentially kidnapped us from our solar system of origin and are planning to take us off somewhere to become cultural exhibits that dance for their amusement. Uh, he's, he's, you know, are you tired of being treated like second-class citizens, like lesser beings and... The, you know, the people around him are muttering, yeah, and he looks over at the two of you and kind of squints. What do you do? Mm -hmm. Well, it's it's not like that. It's not like he doesn't have a, it's not like, you know, his feelings aren't valid. Uh, Huh. And how are we going to, hmm. How are we going to spin this, right? Yeah. One, how are we going to spin this? Two, yeah, and two, how are we going to, you know, obviously we think that there's some kind of relationship between him and the girl that we met earlier, right? I assume so. I mean, even if they're not, like, blood-related, whatever the procedure is that they've had done to themselves is the same. Are his limbs all uh, matched, Jim? Yeah. Or does he have, like, one small girl arm? Uh, no, his limbs are all matched, and you can see a couple other purple people around him. Fascinating. Okay, so we we've never seen anybody like this on Mars, right? Um, no, but you guys, but you guys were Hicks. Uh, right. But a weird, a weird blend of Hicks and snobs. So (laughs) you, you had an extremely isolated rural existence and sphere of knowledge. And then you had an equally isolated high culture sphere, social sphere. So... The purple people are clearly outside either of those, but you you don't know. 
there's one sitting right by you looking up at them, this, this kind of portly, saggy guy with long mm-hmm. black hair, and he's looking up and nodding along. You could ask him, hey, dude, what's up with your skin color? Hard to imagine that turning out badly. Oh, my God, Gretchen. You can't just ask people why they're purple. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, um, I, I will I will uh, sort of needle, nose in and try to listen to his speech. It's just more of the same, I guess. Well, as you guys get closer, he puts in some pointed comments about how clearly the aliens favor some of us more than others. And he's glaring uh-huh. at you. And now there's a crowd kind of starting to look at you. And you know, what do you say? Shoot. Mm-hmm. Heck of a... You all, okay, so, y'all got me, yourselves uh, in a situation. Yeah, we, we sure did, did something to ourselves. I was just like, man, these aliens are just so nice to us. What's the conflict in the game going to be? Oh, right. The, uh, <laughs> right, the you guy. know, the people. <laughs> the, the people. Um, okay, so, so <laughs> we're, we, we're, we are. Um, GM, uh, could you refresh my memory? Does everybody in the sphere know about the spy or not? Because I remember we were torn on whether or not Boy, to tell I can't them. Remember? No, I don't think. I don't. No, no, they don't. That's 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 the other. I don't part. think they do. I'm pretty Why? sure they don't. Yeah. I think that we were we were torn on whether or not to talk to um, Smooth and Hotspur about it, and then they had said like, "Oh, by the way, what do you think of this spy stuff?" And we're like, "Okay, well, don't need to worry about that. They know." Yeah, and Jeanette so the the people because... inside of the Superdome don't don't know about it, right? Right. Right, and then and then again, Jeanette only knows because one, she's cleared, and she probably asked Smooth what was up with that. So, yeah. all right, so uh, so they're yeah, they're now. glaring at you, and you know you. <sighs> Some of us have preferential treatment, et cetera, et cetera. Um, okay, well that's that's demonstrably true. I can't possibly argue with that. Yeah. Um, and you're not allowed to explain that. Oh, it's because I saved this alien's life because well, yeah, you I mean, promised not to let not that cat do that. Out of the That's bag. not a thing that happened. Um, <laughs> but we can also be like, oh no, it's fine. We're allowed to go in and out because we know, you know, they know we're not spies. Well, wait, there's a spy. Oh yeah, you know. By the way, there's a spy. There's Don't worry totally about it. So Don't do anything rash. You know, one of you is feeding intelligence to Earth. Bye. Have fun with that. Yeah, you didn't <laughs> hear choices. it from me, but yeah. there's a traitor. One of us is a traitor. One, of us, a, one of us is a traitor. traitor and depending uh, on what we hear from that group, some of them will be like, maybe that traitor has a great idea. So yeah. Uh, may, uh, traitor. Oh, wait. That's an option? I didn't know that. Let me let me change my, my, my thing. <laughs> <laughs> my, okay. My vote is for creepy tentacle sex guy and the woman who won't sell me coffee. That I can then use. The woman to... won't tell me coffee. Uh, which? No, we're not doing that. Uh, spy. <laughs> okay. Oh, so uh, yeah, no. Oh man, because yeah, the, the, where, we, where, they got us dead here. to okay, rights. So they they've got us dead to rights. Doesn't it suck when somebody criticizes you for something you actually did? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and ask. Um, what's uh, what's up with with them? Um, hello. Uh, I. Notice that you're uh, in the middle of a speech. Don't mean to interrupt. I uh, just wanted to introduce ourselves. We're uh, the Burroughses. Uh, we were headquartered over there. I'll point vaguely at our um, our, our cot area, our, our cottery, if you will. Oh, Eli's uh, going to love having guests. Oh, absolutely. Of course he is. I, I did it specifically to please my father. Um, 
I noticed that you're uh, you've got a prime spot over here next to the uh, next to the barista and next to the uh, the cook fires. Um, I don't believe we've been introduced. And the guy, uh, so are you going to stick your hand out to shake his hand? Yeah, just going to say hello, you know, because that way when he responds hostily, he looks like an asshole. He folds his arms and says, "I am Apo." Yeah, pleasure to meet you. Is that a uh, an Andalusian name? It is from the Andes. I wish I could say that it is a pleasure to meet you as well, but... And he's speaking weirdly accented English. He's like... Okay, so he sounds like he's a a Sherpa or something. That's pretty awesome. Um, Sherpas are... um, Extinct? No, Sherpas are uh, in Tibet. Yeah, in South America. Oh, wow, I was way off. I must have been thinking of the Alps. Not good at separating mountain ranges. The Alps Um, are in Europe. Oh, no, I know where I know where the Alps are. It's you're just, you're uh, really getting into this uh, stranger to Earth thing. Yeah, you're thinking of <laughs> you're thinking of the Himalayas. <laughs> thinking of the Himalayas. Well, man, that doesn't even start with an egg. Am my guy a little credit? Um, okay. Uh, so yeah, he's um, he's crossed his arms and is kind of glaring at you and says, "Yes, I have heard of these these famous Burroughs brothers who are so beloved of." The aliens who like to slice at us. Oh, slicing at you. That's the the um, point of consternation. Well, I can explain that. I'll open up my uh, my torque thing, and since it's um, a series of, of crude pictograms, they'll be able to understand it, even if they're not medical personnel. You see, it's like an antenna or um, your eyelid. It responds automatically when somebody gets inside of their personal bubble. If you've been slashed at, you know, I'm not saying it's your fault. I've been slashed at myself. Are you going to show them the the mark? I'll show them the the mark uh, of Cain on my stomach. Um, Did he get uh, you on the stomach? I thought it was the leg. Was it the leg? It was was some kind of area. It was the leg. Okay, you know what? I'll show show them my leg then. I'll show them the part that's actually damaged because I think my guy would be able to know that. I've been gotten myself. It doesn't uh, stem out of malice. They're not trying to uh, hurt us. It's just a, uh, it's not an automatic reflex for those of them that haven't um, had that business removed yet. All right, give me a roll. Um, All righty. Well, let's see what you get. Okay, because I, I, I don't know what it is, so I don't know if any of my bonuses or anything apply. I got a 15. Okay, uh, 15 is good enough. What were your two high dice? Uh, let's see. My high dice were my energy and my harmony. All right. So you are very, uh, very animated, and you're reading the crowd well, and you're you know showing them the display, and you're laughing about the part that doesn't block out, but you're able to explain that you if you and you show them the neural pathways that are dedicated to the the blade, and explain to them that no, these things really do have a subordinate instinctual brain and that if you look at their history as predators, it makes sense that they can't control this. And mm-hmm. they're kind of staring at you and they look at the guy with the purple skin and he's like, so you're telling me that we are at the mercy of a series of beings that can't control their murderous impulses? 
well, it's not a matter of not being able to control them. Uh, it's just uh, uh, standing a few inches away, like when you're in line for, uh, I don't know, a tickets or a kolache or something. Uh, we don't uh, stand cheek to jowl in the West. Um, it's really just an extrapolation of that. He crosses his arms. He's like, if I get to sit too close to someone in a kolache line, they don't slice me. And you know what? And one of the guys who's near, who's kneeling, who's squatting at his feet, mutters something about, "Oh no, I've had that happen." <laughs> yes. Yeah, see, there you go. They're not so different from 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 us after all. It's uh, just a cultural clash. They're not trying to harm us. They're, if anything, they're always uh, on the lookout for ways to make our living situation in this dome more comfortable. Then I mean, why don't uh, they let us the out of it? This ship is immense, and we are constrained in this tiny, tiny area. And, you know, one of the other guys says, well, come on, it's not like you've never been constrained in a small area. I can tell you're a miner. And mm. Apo says, well, that's different. You know, when I decide that I'm going to go out in a small ship and seek my fortune, that's my choice. Walking in to a small room is different from being shoved into a small room. I did not volunteer to come here and be locked up among all these people. That's fair. Definitely uh, makes sense. I'm sure that they don't intend to keep us here uh, on a permanent basis. I think they're just trying to get their ducks in order, as it were, uh, make sure that the rest of the uh, ship is prepared for somebody who looked like us, adjusting the gravity and whatnot. I'm sure that they didn't have everything calibrated when they picked us up. Maybe some areas of the ship uh, aren't fit for us to walk around. They don't have atmosphere on them, or there's uh, no floors or something. All right, give me a roll. Sure. And Look, what I'm saying could be true. Um, I get an 11. An 11. All right. You beat his role. You are a better public speaker than him. And he is, you know, trying to talk about how suspicious all their behavior is. And that, you know, it the easiest explanation is that they don't trust us. And you're saying, no, the easiest explanation is that they don't understand us. And given the way that we didn't understand their crazy blade thing, I mm-hmm. think that makes some sense. Yeah, and also, like, over the last couple of days, everybody within the Dome has observed that they're sort of getting better at anticipating needs. You know, like, they're providing more varieties of food, and they're providing, like, decorations and furniture and all this other bullshit. So, I mean, that would be something that's observable, even to somebody who hasn't had behind-the-scenes knowledge, right? Right. Um, yeah. Apo can tell he's losing the crowd. And so he points at you and says, well, of course, they're going to say that the aliens have our best interests at heart. They're the ones who have been telling the aliens everything about us and setting us up to be their their clients and vassals. So he is attempting to make a social attack on you. Okay, what you great. Gonna do? You gonna strike back? How does social combat work exactly? Do I need to apply my psionic defense modes, or like what? What do I need to do here? Uh, what you need to do is come up with either a defense 
or a counterattack. And okay. if your counterattack is better, you'll do damage and he won't. Uh, if your defense, I think, I think the way I'm probably going to do defense yeah. is just you declare a defense, you don't roll it, and it makes anything that he rolls that's 12 or less fail. Okay, so um, my my guy's goal in this conversation isn't gladiatorial combat to best this guy, um, because I can't be around like pointing out the holes in his argument like a comment section twenty four hours a day. I've got important PC shit to do. My goal is actually to try to change his position so he can proselytize on our behalf and calm everybody the hell down. Right. So I would say in that instance, defense probably makes more sense. Right. So he's going to say, you're advocating that because you're a collaborationist. I have the perfect defense for this. Mm. Not advocating because I'm a collaborationist. I'm advocating because I know that they have our best interests at heart. One of them saved our lives before they knew that we had anything useful to offer them from the AIs. And that, uh, well, you know, uh, call it faith-based, if you will, that makes me inclined to trust them. All right. Um, Clearly he beat my defense, but I'm still going to just stick with what my thing was because it makes sense in character. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see. What have you got? Do you have anything that helps you again? You just got mellow, didn't you? I I do. I do. which Which removes two points of exhaustion from social hit points, right? That's what you told me, yep. Okay. Well, you get to be relaxed because he rolled really well. Oh, okay. And you can tell people are starting to get riled up in that he's saying that, well, he's now saying that, of course, you can't be trusted because you have this romantic notion that they saved your life. They could, you know, they could slice someone's throat out right in front of you and you'd still give them the benefit of the doubt. And he has succeeded in painting you as horrendously naive. Hmm, um, interesting. You could stick around and continue this uh, argument. You could retreat. What are you doing? Okay. Well, I, I feel as though you're expressing that it's futile to stick around. No, So we can do something else. Um, Stanley, what do you think? Do you have anything to add? I don't want to monopolize the spotlight. Uh, well, uh, what I was just going to have is that... Um, while you're in this, while you were in this conversation, I think Stanley was going to try to, since it doesn't seem like it's it's getting too bad. It's just kind of a, a you know. Yeah, I don't think it's going to escalate to blows or anything. Yeah, yeah. if it's, it's not going to escalate to that, uh, Stanley's going to keep an eye out for the little girl to see if oh, yeah. maybe right. to maybe if she's on the because she didn't seem to have any like direct people to talk to the last time we saw her. But of course, that could just be her going out alone. That's Stanley true. Just gonna make sure that you know, maybe she would have folks to talk to at least, or have met up. Yeah, with because people, they're from so. the same region or something, or were, maybe like they got that, separated. You were told right. that she'd gone off with this guy, right? Yeah. All right, you're looking around and don't see her, but you're kind of moving around the periphery of this talk group, and right. you come to you can see a woman sitting at the edge who doesn't look quite as mesmerized as the others. She's got a slightly more skeptical uh, look on her face and she's got the same purple skin. Okay. But she doesn't have the same kind of facial features as either the little girl or as Apo. Mm. Uh, She has 
more uh, rounded, heavy features. Apo has uh, more of a sort of South American Indian look, but is very tall mm-hmm. and lanky. And uh, the little girl, Chai Lai, looked more uh, like Thai or Indonesian. Okay, cool. So mm. she's she's sitting there looking at him, filing one of her purple nails. Interesting. Gonna say anything? Uh, yes, actually. Uh, yeah, Stanley's go going it. to ask her if uh, he's going to describe. He's going to describe the 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 little girl, and he's going to ask her if uh, she might have seen her around uh, recently. And then kind of explains why, you know, naturally it was a little girl all on her own. And he just wanted, Stanley's just trying to make sure that, you know, she's got somewhere to go, especially in this big old stadium. And the woman looks up at you and she's like, you're who again? Stanley Burroughs, ma'am. Oh, the pilot. Yes, yes, the pilot, yes. She's like, um... I think I saw Apo with her the other day, but boy, I haven't seen her since. Boy, she was she was loud. I could hear her crying all last night. Crying? Why? Uh. Well, uh, obviously, the I, the situation would make anyone anyone cry that young. Well, I don't know. I think Apo took care of it. I see. I I see. Yeah, um, I mean, well, do you know her name or anything like that, or? No, it, it, I, I know she did attempt to take things from, she attempted to take things from us, but it, it was not, it, that was resolved, it, and again, it, I'm, at this point, I know, she's 10. Exactly, exactly, ma'am, she's 10, and I was just worried about her safety. Huh. Well, you know, I know Apo doesn't have any... I don't think he has any kids. But then maybe... Well, maybe she is his. I don't know. Oh, well, I suppose the only thing I'll have to do is... Ask. So, but he thanks to the woman. And then he kind of goes... And then he kind of, you know, heads right back to the... um, Heads back to where, you know, Henry and Apo are kind of... Standing off. Mm Mm-hmm. And... He just kind of interrupts, like in that last bit of the, um, in that last bit of the little social combat there. As soon as that uh-huh. resolved, yeah, he just kind of goes, "Excuse me, Ap- Apo, was it?" Yes. How, do you know what happened to the little, to the little girl that you met uh, a night or two ago with the with the large with the large arm grafted on? Um. Okay. Give me a roll. Alrighty. That would be. 14. 14. Uh, Apo says, okay, and what were you, what were the two high dice? Uh, that would be my, da, 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 that would be my energy and my gravity. Uh, nine and a five. All right. So he kind of wilts back from you a little bit and says, I, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know any little girl like that. And <laughs> you see the fat guy with the purple skin kind of 
wrinkles his forehead like that, and he opens his mouth, but then just shuts it and sets and settles back again. That's that. That's not right. I. That that's not right. I, I was told. I was told that that she was that she was crying earlier, and that you. That that you know you you took care of it. That you certainly stopped that from happening. All right, give me another roll. And he you know points at you, and he's like, "You're just trying to make me look bad. You're just trying to distract me from the fact that you are a collaborator with the aliens." All right, I got nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen again. All right, and is it again uh, energy and gravity? My uh, it is. It is actually uh, my uh, gravity and my harmony and my energy are tied both with Wow. Five. Okay. So how – and what was the, the total? Uh, the total was – yeah, 13. There we go. The, wait. What are the two highest dice? Oh. The two highest dice are my, uh, my gravity – with my D8, and then uh, my energy, my D10, and my harmony are both tied at five, so I just... So either one of them could also fit, but wow. it's a 13 in total. Oh, so pick how you want it to go. Do you... Oh. Uh, you know, do you want to come over this by, you know, turning his words back on him, or do you just want to appear to be a, so much a man of substance? I think I am going to turn the words right back on him. Uh, Stanley is uh, Stanley is the kind of person that once he's got once he's locked onto something, he wants to twist the knife, as we've seen earlier with the uh, with the other guy. All right. So he's claiming that he doesn't know anything about any little girl, which doesn't seem factually correct, and is saying that you are just trying to distract people from your collaborationist nature. And in response, you say what? It, it, I'm not, sir. If you're more worried about about my about my loyalties to to whatever, when there is the potential safety of a little girl here, one that you have that you deny meeting, even though I have heard that you personally met her a night ago. What what am I supposed to take from this here, other than do you not care about this little girl's safety? I don't see her among you. All right. Uh, What was your runt die? Uh, well, I mean, they're both five, so, on this roll, so. All right. Um. Uh, so, yeah, because then it could either be my, my harmony or my uh, energy. All right. He, people are starting to say, no, you know, I did see the girl, and, you know, one guy actually says, with the arm? He's like, yes, well, he, with the arm. He had her, you, you took her to your enclosure. And he's you, like. And he's like, Ugh. fine, everybody. I didn't, I didn't want to tell these two because I can't trust them because they're the ones who seem to want to keep track of every single person and allow their alien overlords to track our every move and know every secret about us. Um, he's, again, playing the, the you guys are collaborators cards. What are you going to do? Uh, well, Stanley's, again, going to twist the knife and keep playing up on the negligence, as that seems to be playing well with simply, you're the one who denied it, and you are the one who left her alone to wander the entire stadium. All right. Are you uh, not? Beat an 11. All righty. Oh, boy. Time, time to... 
Uh, 16. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. What's your runt die? Four. Four. Oh, my God. Okay. So you have filled up all his intellectual hit points. One, two, three, four. He is just... He is reduced to... No, that's not true. There's, I have nothing to hide. And at this, you know, someone's like, well, why don't we just check his enclosure? And a few people stand up and head over to... And he's like, no, you can't go in there. We're, our privacy is, is what sets... And they pull it open, and you see the girl curled up on one of the blankets. And, you know, fast asleep with a little drool. And... The guy who went and shoved the door open goes and claps his hands in front of her face, and she kind of... What do you do? Well, Stanley just looks at Apo for a moment and just goes, "I, I don't, un- I don't understand. If, if, if she was, if she's, if she's peacefully sleeping in your, in your enclosure, why deny it? She's your daughter, isn't she?" Apo runs. Stanley, ta- Stanley takes chase because <laughs> what, what the heck? All right. Um, what Strange. Is, what is Henry doing while all this is going on? Okay. Well, um, if you're chasing him, uh, I guess I'll stay here with uh, Chayana. Is that what her name was? Chai-Lai. Chai-Lai, okay. Yeah. Sure. Well, yeah. As, as a medic, you could check her over. I will. I will do that. That seems like a productive use of my time. All right. Give me, uh, you know, give me a roll. Okie dokie. Give me one second. All right, what did I get? I get uh, six and seven, so 13. Okay, uh, she has been put under with a mild sedative. Oh, shit. Worrying. Okay. <laughs> All right, so you're chasing after this guy. Give me your roll. All righty. That would be... Oh, wow, okay. Uh, 14. He got a four. <laughs> uh you are on top of him. Um, he has spun and drawn a gun, and now people are yelling and getting the hell out of the way. What do you do? Oh, Christ. Uh, Stanley is a... Uh, well, Stanley's a firebrand. He's in the heat of the moment. He's... Uh, also, this could be a good use to try out the tough. Uh, he is actually just going to... Since, there, since he's close and he's on top, he's pulled out a gun... He is going to attempt to grab the gun from him since they're so close. Okay. He's trying to sh- he trying to shoot you. And I'm trying to disarm him. Alright. Ouch. Yeah. I got an eight. Ooh, he got a ten. Ah. So you snatch at the gun, he pulls his hand back and instinctively pulls the trigger. Are you wearing the stone suit? Yes, actually. Remember, uh, Stanley yes. kept on the stone suit the entire time. To stay to stay in fighting trim. Okay. Yeah, to stay shaped, yeah. Exactly, right. for reasons like this. So, he pulls the trigger, hits you right in the chest, um, and it is... Uh, he, I'm trying to remember what kind of ammo he's got in here. And I'm pretty sure it's explosive. Uh, so, but, you know, the stone suit is pretty tough. Yours didn't get damaged, did it? No, not at all. Yours hasn't been damaged yet. No. All right. So it takes 
Uh, three points of injury and three points of exhaust. Okay, so what happens is your stone suit is now completely trashed. Uh, he hit it just dead center. There's this big explosion. You're knocked on your butt. You take just one point of exhaustion, but at this point, everyone around swarms this guy. And that's physical exhaustion, right? Yes. Okay. So people have just jumped up and are on him, dragging him down. And then you see frog cats bounding over the crowd, coming towards the sound of gunfire, which apparently affects them like catnip. And there oh. you're you're lying on your back. I don't know. You probably didn't even get knocked down. You didn't but, get knocked down, but the but the, the 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 you know the natural shock of that happening so quickly. He's he's kind of catching his breath. Not that yeah. the wind was necessarily knocked out of him, but well, the the stone suit is built to distribute force throughout, and so oh, it kind okay. of <laughs> took when it took the brunt of it. You know, all the joints went bring and pieces flew out and seized up and you're like, oh, what? And then they start moving really easily because now it's broken. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's toast. Uh, and you see the frog cats come over and he's like, no, get him off me, get him off me! And they have got their, they've got sheaths on their prongs, but the prongs just keep smack, smack, smacking him in the chest and people are tight and you know, People are sitting them up and, you know, yelling about how he attacked and someone's waving the gun by the barrel saying, fingerprint it, fingerprint it. And <laughs> they're, the appendages on their back, they slam those, not super hard, but, you know, they're, they're very heavy and strong. So you see him shake as they do this and they start running around him. And some kind of stringy gray matter is exuded from those horseshoe-shaped appendages, and so they are wrapping him up in this webbing, going around and around his arms and shoulders, and as he's struggling against it, you can see it stiffening up. And with a couple very quick movements, they have his hands tied up. And, yeah, so they are dragging him off to whatever fate awaits him. And people are like, what happened? What was that? Who was that crazy guy? Uh, Stanley's like, I, I, I think he, I, his I name was Apo. His, his name was Apo. And I, I think he, he kidnapped a child. Well, when you get back to Chai Lai, she and, uh, she and Henry are now talking through their translators uh, your translator okay. informs you that it's translating from Thai. Okay, great, great. And her story is that she got separated from her parents on Mars and mm-hmm. that there was terrible damage and fire and warfare and that that's when her arm got hurt. And then when mm-hmm. she woke up, she was here and her arm had changed. And she didn't know anybody and couldn't talk to anybody. Right. And then this man came and took her, and when she started to cry, he poked her with a needle and she fell asleep. Concerning. Okay. 
I wonder why it's that. Yeah, that's... Well, because also, like, I mean, we're all sort of living in, in tents in the middle of a stadium. Did he think he was going to be able to keep her here and nobody was going to find out? Like, what's what was his end goal? <laughs> I, I, well, I, I get, well uh, that's, that's uh, not. That doesn't make sense. Well. Maybe he's just not very good at planning ahead? I, yeah, I mean, I that, gonna that's say, an interesting like, possibility, like... but, like, that's not very satisfying. <laughs> it's... Well, but well, enjoy the fact that you've overcome Apo. And I, I guess we have. That's what people are talking about, you know, the next day as you're going out to your gun lessons with Hotspur. Uh, right. The guns that he gives you are, uh, you know, those turkey baster things they had? Yes. So it fits fairly well in your hand like a turkey baster and he shows you where the safety is how to pop it open how to reload it how to aim it downfield and fire at these targets uh it explains the assorted types of ammunition you can have printed out for it or can can acquire for it uh some of them are basic the the easiest kind is explosive propels a bullet Familiar to everyone. The barrels are even rifled. It's such a simple technology that apparently just about every culture that uses weapons finds that one sooner rather than later. Okay. Uh, other options, you can have a chemical laser charge. It basically works the same as a bullet, but instead... And this is something they're actually working on today. They've found that, oh, if you try to do a laser weapon and have a battery that's strong enough to hold a charge to to do an actual powerful laser, It it's good for, like, three shots and has to weigh 10 pounds. But mm-hmm. if you have a chemical explosive charge, but it's set up not to propel a thing, but to release all that energy in light form and get it phased, then you can have something about, like, a cartridge that will shoot a single very brief laser pulse. And they even have uh, this specialty ammunition that combines both. And Hotspur actually becomes very enthusiastic talking about this. And those side vents, he's kind of rocking back and forth on his back feet, and his side vents are making these harmonica-like noises Mm -hmm. as he talks about this ammunition, that they carefully have calibrated it to explode twice. The first one sends out this pellet of... You think he says gold and copper? And that that gets halfway, when it's about a foot from the barrel, then the second charge detonates, firing a laser that melts the original charge and hits the target first, so that by the time the material charge hits there, there's a lasered hole that this liquid can then flow into. And it's a interesting. It's a form of armor piercing, and he gets he gets into all the details and has you fire off assorted different types of ammunition, and says, "Now, show up tomorrow, and we'll get you for and and we'll have the real training." Oh, all right. Oh, wow! Exciting stuff. <laughs> all right. So, is that a good place to call it? I feel like that's reasonable. Yeah, we got a lot so, done today. Yeah, yeah, you did. You know. Uh, you don't know it, but you prevented Apo from fomenting a revolution. 
which uh, I I do know that. <laughs> That's exactly why I wanted to spend all that time there. <laughs> like, oh yeah, no it's... no no! There's no way this ends well. <laughs> Oh. Well, no, I want that it's, to be a surprise. Oh no, that's a dark thought I had about what the whole, what his plan was. Oh no. What, oh what? What? Is, what what's what? your suspicion, Jose? If it's bad enough, I might make it so. And also, if we guess it, then we like get more paths or some shit. Because that's so nobody. So no. So nobody knows. So nobody knows this girl, right? And, right. and no, nobody. You could just what? It, what? It, she's a stressed out little girl who doesn't know much. What if she could just say that, you know, hey, the aliens, you know, did something bad to me or they killed my family or, you know, she doesn't know the situation. Apo knows just enough of the situation to be able to spin it. And we know he's really charismatic. That was his plan, probably. She was going to be his Reichstag fire. Yes, exactly. That does make him sound less stupid, doesn't it? All right. Yeah, see, there we go. (laughs) There we go. It wasn't wow. just Greg's shoddy plotting. But, all right. We're not accusing you of any shoddy plotting, you know? Well, thank you, gentlemen. And I will see you next week. Same time, okay. same place. Thank you very much. Termination Shock is released under Creative Commons non-commercial share-alike no-derivatives license. The music is courtesy of the Muse Open website and is... A U.S. military band playing Holst's The Planets, The Jupiter Suite. This has been Termination Shock. Mm-hmm.